So where do I start? So we had Christmas long, long, long ago. And Christmas, um, the, the time between Christmas and New Year's is like a real key time in our house because it's the time where Rach gets to watch her favourite programme. Um, so it starts on Boxing Day and it finishes on New Year's Day and it's always at that time of the year. Um, and I'm not making this up. And when I tell you what it is, you'll obviously look at me, think about that and see the obvious correlation that exists. Um, so, Rich loves her favourite programme is The World's Strongest Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she loves it. And ask her about it. I'm not kidding. Yeah, she thinks it's brilliant. You know, uh, it's like, and I went and landed her, sort of going, oh, yeah. And she's like, he's pulling a lorry. <laughs> Love it. And we sort of go, okay. Uh, but she loves it, and you know, we watch it every year, and uh, the way it works, they have these heats, and then they have the final, and in the heats, the top two go through each time to the final. And there's always some British guys in it, and generally, they do all right. We seem to get a few into the final. So they're finishing the, in the top two in their heat each time, uh, and they get through, and then they qualify, and then in the final, they're just like nowhere, you know. And there's this difference between being in the heat and being in the final, and the demands there and the demands here, and they can finish in the top two here in the heat, but when it comes to the final, uh, maybe because of our lack of experience or whatever, they don't quite make it. And you think, and before in the heats, they're going, well, I'm here and I'm challenging and I want to win it and I want to be on the podium. And they're not quite there, and you think, well, that must be disappointing, you know, in terms of this idea of living the dream, that they haven't quite done it because they're not. The, the dream is the podium, and they're not there. Yeah. Yet when you speak to them, that's not what comes across. These massive guys always come across as incredibly humble. And they say, you know, I gave my best, and it included mistakes, and, but sometimes your best does include mistakes. And actually, you know, I've loved every minute of it, and I've learned so much. And, you know, there's this distinction between they didn't get on the podium, but actually they've still lived the dream. Very good. Yeah. You know? Because the dream ain't always the, the outcome, the end point, this thing that we have to get to. And when we get there, then we'll be happy. You know? And we have to shift that in our consciousness. I think it's an issue. We, we think of living the dream as like this. You know, this idea that it's going to be this mountaintop experience. And that's the dream. And at that point, we're living the dream. When everything combines and everything is great, then we are living the dream. We're on the mountaintop. The heavens open, the angels sing, life's good, everything's easy. And I think that's how society views living the dream. And I don't think that's right. Because that suggests that there's got to be this end point. And only at that point have you achieved the dream. And if you're not at that end point and living the dream, then you're sort of somewhere just around in plan B. Things aren't what they're meant to be. I want to be there and I'm not. And we can almost rubbish the now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we can rubbish the now because it's not what we perceive to be the end point of the dream. And I think I want to challenge that concept this morning because you're not ever going to live in the vision because vision shouldn't be stationary. Yeah. You know, if the vision's there and at some point you progress and you reach the point that you wanted to be at, I would hope that you're going to have a new vision at that point, yeah. that you're not going to stop there and that's it, and I've reached this point and that's it, that's my lot, I've done everything. Yeah. Because that's not what God wants for you. God wants more for you. 
God wants to bless you. God wants you to glow. Glow? Well, maybe. Uh, He wants you to grow. He wants you to go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. You know, so vision's not going to be a stationary point. Vision should be a moving point. Vision should always be forward-facing. The dream should be forward-facing. And I'm going to move on. I'm going to progress. And when I get there, I'm looking for the next horizon. Yeah, I don't want to look at the ground. I want to see the sun and the stars and the sunrise and the dawn. And I want to hear the birds sing because I want to move to something new. You know, and that's where we need to be. And we need to say, what is living the dream? Is it an end point I'm going to strive to reach? And when I make it, then I'll be finally be happy. Or is it part of a process that we're involved in? You see, for me, the way living, living's a now word. Living's not a future word. Living's not a when I get there, then I'll be living. Because that means we're going to miss too much now. You know, living is about process. Living is growing. It's not an outcome. Living living is failing. Living's falling, but living's succeeding. And living's striving. And living is running and walking and jumping. You know, living is growth. When we, we talk about, you know, Hannah Fountain's going to live and she's going to grow and she's going to change and she's not going to sleep and uh, she's going to be sick, you know, but then she's going to walk and then she's going to talk and, you know, that's living. That's living the dream, isn't it? Not this end point, you know. I I don't know, maybe they do, but I don't know many parents who, you know, they're going to have a baby and they're waiting already in their mind. Living the dream is 18. Bye. (laughs) You know? Because you're going to have 18 quite unhappy years. Do you know what I mean? Living the dream is actually each and every day getting to know that child, living with that child, loving that child, growing together. You know, that's what living is. So I want to shift the title, if that's all right, a bit from living the dream because living is now. So I want to talk about this morning about participating in the dream. Is that all right? I want us to participate in the dream because I, don't, I want us to shift mentally that it's this end point we can get to. It's something for now. You know, and you might not get where, exactly where you're hoping to be or what God's given you a picture or a vision for your future. And it might be that that's some way off. But I don't want you to think when I get there, then, then finally that's it. I want you to think about now because you're participating in it now because the decisions and actions that you carry out they're vitally important for where you're going to get to. Is that all right? You know, it means participating in the now. If you think of Joseph, Joseph had a dream. When he was young, he had a dream that he'd see his brothers bow before him. And actually, it was many, many, many years before he was in that particular moment. But throughout that, the story of Joseph speaks of a man who participated and lived out that dream. Because actually, he goes through all sorts of circumstances, doesn't he? And we see him that he, he, is, he experiences violence, but he experiences favour. He experiences slavery, but he experiences promotion. You know? But what it means is when, it, when things align and he hits the point where what he's seeing comes to pass, is the man he needs to be at that time in that place because of the experiences and the things that he's gone through and lived through and participated in, mean he's the man he needs to be. You know, he lived the dream. We think, you know, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber got it wrong. Joseph wasn't sat in his loincloth, you know, gripping onto the bars, close every door to me. (laughs) 
Joseph experienced promotion in prison. He ended up running the place. Yeah, from prisoner, you know, to the, to the Pharaoh's right-hand man. He was promoted through because he lived the dream. It wasn't about when I get there. It's about the now and where that's going to take me. All right? Moses, if you want to look at that, you know, Moses was many, many years and actually never even entered the promised land. Yeah? But he was to bring the Israelites out of Egypt to the promised land. Yeah? He never even entered that part of the dream, but he lived the dream because he took them from where they were and took them to the threshold of where they were going to go. And they moved in. You know, he lived it. You know, we have this, we, we live in a quick fix generation. We live in a generation of immediacy. We live in a generation that throws out that that doesn't work straight away in the right way. And we buy something else and we replace it. You know, and that might be the world's way, but it's not God's way. You know, God's way is a, is a way of process, a way of participation, a way of living. Okay. So if we're going to participate in the dream, I think it's so vital because what that says is I'm a stakeholder in it. Yeah. I choose to participate, so I become a stakeholder in that which I believe is good and is for me and is something I'm going to move into. And I'm going to lay hold of it now and be a stakeholder in it and it's going to come to pass. But I'm going to take every moment between then and now and get something from it. Sharon Stern, the prophetess Sharon Stern, when she was with us last, uh, asked this question. It really hit me. She said, what keeps you moving forward? And then she said, participatory faith and a close relationship with God. Now, that's what keeps you moving forward. Participating in our journey of faith together with Jesus, with God, and holding on to him. You know, when we start this series, Jared used those hashtags, stronger, closer, wiser. You know, you're only going to become stronger through exercising and using a muscle. You know, you're only going to become closer by choosing to draw to something. You're only going to become wiser by learning new things. All of them are processes. All of those are something you have to participate in. All of those are something to live out if you're going to reach where you want to be. And I think as well, it's those things that enable you to enjoy the now. Yeah. Becoming stronger means you can do more. Yeah. And that which was difficult becomes, becomes more easy. Yeah. If you're gaining wisdom, that which seemed incomprehensible, and nobody likes not understanding where they're at or what they're in, things become clearer. Yeah. You know? And when you are closer, when you're closer to others, when you're closer to God, that which you felt alone doing feels so much easier when it's shared and carried by others. Yeah, so we're going to think about this idea of participating. How do we participate in, in the dream? So you can see here the words used um, in 2 Peter uh, 1, 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of, in the world caused by evil desires. God is a God of that participation. Yeah, he's not a distant uh, being that has nothing to do with us. You know, God is intrinsically interested in you. And if you don't feel that this morning, I hope that's the one thing you take from this. 
God intrinsically is interested in you. He loves you. He knows your circumstances and he wants to meet you in them. And he wants you to participate with him. But the word participation, I looked into that. What does that mean? Um, The Greek there, koinonos, is to participate. And it means to partake in, to partner, to share. That's why when we have communion, we have communion together, don't we? And we say we partake in communion. It's a moment of sharing as a body, as a fellowship together. There's something that participation means to share. So if we are going to uh, participate in things and live a dream, there's something in it that means it's got to be about something that's common. And it's got to be about something that is sharing and partnering. Koinos is the root of the word, uh, which means fellowship. All right? We have to, we need to be in fellowship with one another, fellowship with Jesus. If we're going to live and experience the best God has for us now. And then to live in the moment where things come together and that which God's placed on your heart, you see come to pass. And then you move ready for a new thing. Okay? So we are a church of connection. That's what God's called the church to be. We, the Bible's filled with the language of the body. Yeah. You know, God didn't intend things to be done alone. Yeah. You know, so we need to participate in things and we need fellowship. So in a practical sense, that means if you've got something on your heart, that's something God has given you, that you think this is the dream I have. This is where I believe God's going to call me to. This is the thing God wants for me. If that's your dream, one thing you need to know is you need to start participating in it now. Don't just wait for it to walk around the corner and hit you. It's about living the dream now, today. But you need to do that in fellowship. So the first thing you need to do, dead simple, is you need to tell somebody. You need to find someone you trust, respect, honour, and want to partner with and share with and say, this is my heart. Mm -hmm. Will you partner with this dream for me? The second thing you need to do is you need to ask them to pray. You need to say, will you pray for this? Because it's really what I want. And I believe it's what God's placed it within me. And the third thing you need to do, and we're not very good at this bit, you need to ask for help. Yeah. You know, because we're called to be in fellowship. All right, so at times you're going to need to say, I can't do this. At the moment, I'm not in the place. I ain't got the skills. I ain't got the understanding. Will you stand with me? Will you help me? So that's in a practical sense. But what I want to focus on just for the last part is the most important fellowship we need. If we're going to live the dream, we're going to participate in the now to see amazing things for our future. We need fellowship with Jesus. So we're going to look just for a short time at Matthew 3. And I'm just going to take us through some uh, verses in Matthew 3. We're going to look from verse 11 to verse 17. And we're just going to pull some things out from that. And we're going to look at what... Matthew 3 tells us about who Jesus was. And from that, we're going to look at, well, if we're fellowshipping with Jesus, and if this is who Jesus was, what does that mean for our lives? What's that going to give us? What, how is that going to enable us to participate in living out our dreams now, today? Okay. So we've got, just to set the scene, um, we're, we're in the desert, uh, we're at Bethany uh, on the Jordan, and this is where John the Baptist is baptising people for repentance. 
And we're not going to start at verse 11, we're going to start at verse 13, then we're going to flip back to verse 11, if that's all right. And Well, it's tough, it is all right. Um, um, and verse 13, because this talks about where Jesus was coming from. And the first thing I think we need to get our head around is, Jesus is the Jesus who approaches. Tells us here, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. See, John was at the Jordan and Jesus came. You know, Jesus comes, Jesus approaches. And that's something that I think, actually, we have to get our head around because I think we, you, you read don't you, about people who found God. You know, I found God. It's like this mental game of eternal hide and seek. You know, and actually, Jesus is rubbish at hide and seek. Jesus is rubbish at hide and seek because Jesus doesn't hide somewhere that's going to be hard for you to find him. Jesus wants to be found. Jesus is the five-year-old giggling behind the curtain. Yeah, Jesus is just waiting to be found. All he just wants is for you to seek him. And when you when you raise your head, when you look for him, when you decide to seek Jesus for your life, for your salvation, for your circumstances, for your vision, for your hopes. When you decide to seek, Jesus just comes. Because Jesus is a God who approaches. Okay? Jesus approaches. He comes. I suppose my testimony, if you want, um, I'd grown up in the um, Methodist church, uh, very traditional country Methodist, not many members, uh, not many members my age. Um, And um, then I went to university and I I wasn't going to church during the time when I was at university. And then I was teacher training and then I met Rachel. Um, When I was teacher training, this vision of beauty and scruffy trainers uh, walked through the door. It's all right, I can say that. She thought I was pretentious. Um, She didn't like my bag. Um, So and 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 obviously we, uh, I was in this little tutorial group and I wanted to go home and uh, I thought I hope no one asks any questions at the end and like you know because you do that don't you you're in a tutorial you want to leave no no one asks questions no one asks questions and then we'll get out quicker yeah Rach had loads of questions Um, so she immediately you know uh, she caught my eye and eventually you know after we'd got together I I came to uh, what was new life then with her you know and it was weird. There's no other way around it. It was weird. Sorry, guys, you were odd. Um, you know, from my background, from my church background, it, ah, pff, no idea what was going on. Um, and felt uncomfortable with it, being honest, because it was somewhat different. And um, we, we got to the point of saying, I don't know if I can go here. I really, I, just, I don't. Because it's like, um, So... Yeah, and we looked at some of the bits and pieces and some of the places and, and yeah. That's how much she loved me, Marion. <laughs> but you know, the reality was, Rich had family and fellowship in a place and it was unfair for me to expect her to move from that. So I just had to say, get over yourself. And she was willing to do that, you know? And I just had to say, now, get over yourself, yeah? It's about you and God, yeah? So... The style, the place, that's fine. So, I, so I, um, we started coming. And then we had this wonderful, some of you all know this anyway, but we had this, um, we were at Encounter, which was the conference, which was the October. And uh, Gerald Coates was speaking. 
And, uh, and I was sat at the back, still thinking it was all a bit weird. Um, and Rach went to the loo. And, <laughs> and literally, as she left through the doors, Gerald Cut said, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, and it was like, oh, Darren. Okay, come here, Darren. And I went. You know, because actually, something was going on inside me, yeah, that meant it was the time for me to look for, for Jesus. Yeah. You know, and it was a moment for seeking. And I, so I went and, uh, you know, as many of you know, the story goes, so I, he asked me to kneel down and he prophesied and then he got Jared out and gave Jared a big cup of water and said, tip it over his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, just as Jared sort of, there hovering, Rach came out of the loo. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. I was going to marry him. <laughs> He'll be gone now. So I think, and I knelt there and I thought, Ugh. and I looked across and Marion was sat in the front row there and she was looking at Gerald Coates just going. Uh, but, you know, it was a significant moment in my walk because where I was at, actually at was not where people thought I was at, you know? I was at a place where I was looking for God and I was at a place where I was looking to meet Jesus and because I saw, Jesus came. Yeah. And it was a transformative experience, yeah. you know? And we need to let Jesus approach. Yeah. And what... The reason why is this. It says he came from Galilee to the Jordan. So Gal the Sea of Galilee up there, I've just circled it up, up at the top. It's really important in Israel. Israel's a really arid country. There isn't much water. Okay, you're right, Alan, bit of geography. Good man. Um, so up at the top, there's one of the few water sources in the area, Galilee. And then it's so vital because the Jordan flows down from Galilee and and provides and delivers water and in that respect delivers life yes. yeah. to an area that's dry and arid and barren you know and Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan you see Jesus came from the source yeah. Jesus came from the source where life was present all right and the Jordan the river is just the conduit that allowed life to flow you know and Jesus is that conduit and if we want life to flow we need fellowship with Jesus and we need to let him come because it opens up the floodgates and lets life flow from heaven into your life. And it means you can participate and live the dream now. Yeah? Are there areas, I'm not saying you haven't let Jesus into your life, but there are areas that you still need to. Are there areas that are just still, you've kept them over here, you've shut the door. Not yet, not that bit. There's areas that some of you need to let Jesus flow into. You need to participate in living the dream now, not put it off for later. Okay? Right, so let's flip back to verse 11. I'll just whip through these quick. Um, so, here we have Jesus, John talking about Jesus. Uh, so, John's saying, First, I will baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, we've got a Jesus who approaches, but we've got a Jesus who is an active, militant saviour, yeah. a Jesus who comes with power. 
And as we fellowship with Jesus, as we choose to participate in the dream, it means we participate with someone who's going to bring power and presence yeah. and understanding. But that does mean someone who's going to winnow things out, yeah. someone who's going to separate out the good from the bad, the waste from the fruit, and he's going to burn up that which you don't need. And that can be quite scary, but it's necessary. Because if we're going to live the dream, we want, we want, to, we want to be experiencing fruitfulness, don't we? But that means there's some rubbish that we don't need. You know? And that's got to go. You know, following that time um, with the water and Gerald Coates, um, we were in our um, connect group with uh, Rich and Linda at the time, and time after time we'd be praying and talking, and stuff would just be surfacing within me, stuff that I didn't want, stuff that needed to go. You know? And it's about skimming that off. If you're going to purify gold, you heat it, don't you? The impurities rise to the top, you skim the rubbish away, so you're left with pure gold. You know? We need to partner with Jesus and allow him to do that within our lives. Yeah? We've got to let him separate out that which we don't want. And then finally, from the top... Of, oh, sorry, just whip back a sec. Sorry, I'm upset. It tells us, doesn't it, that Jesus is... Um, he's, a, he's going to be a baptizer. You know? And when you baptise, you're immersed. Yeah. You know? So when we partner with Jesus, when we choose to participate in the dream, you've got to expect to be immersed. You know? And... That means being immersed with him, the Holy Spirit, having an immersive experience. Yeah. And immersive experiences are a bit odd because they're not the norm. Yeah. Yeah? You've been completely pushed down into something that surrounds you completely. And we're not used to that. You know? And if we choose to participate, we've got to ensure that we're willing to experience maybe the initial uncomfortable nature of being immersed into something which is new for what it's going to mean for us later on. You know, for me, again, through my journey, that was worship. Yeah. What what was all this clapping malarkey about? That's what I thought when I felt it was clapping. Off. I'm dead spot. Um, you know, and there's, uh, uh, he's laying on the floor and he's dancing and what's the flag waving my stuff about? You know, we didn't do that where I went to church, you know. But actually, I had to cross a threshold to immerse myself in something that was initially different for me yeah. before I understood it and before I was released into it to actually really derive benefit from it. Yeah? So we've got to expect to be immersed and baptised. And then we'll do this one and then we'll finish after this one, I think. Um, it says here, Matthew three fourteen to 15. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this, to fulfil our righteousness. Then John consented. We've got this idea that when Jesus came, it was sort of like, well, you're amazing and I'm not. So therefore, you just take control. You know? And actually, how often do we disqualify ourselves? Yeah? From really living the dream. How do we disqualify ourselves from really participating in things? Because we think we're not good enough. Because actually, there's somebody else who's bigger and greater and better. You know? And Jesus says, no, let it be so now. Because actually, here we have almost like a deferent Jesus. 
A Jesus who acknowledges the plans and the purpose and the, and the gifting in another. Yeah. And enables the other to be empowered. To carry out their purpose and plans. That's what Jesus does. Jesus is an enabler. You know, it's not Jesus who comes and it's like, well, I'll hand it all over to you and boom, you sort it out because actually I'm not good enough to do this. Jesus says, no, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to release gifting in you, which is going to enable you to do things you never thought you could do. It's going to enable you to move into areas which you've never been in before. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to empower you and you're going to see that you can live the dream now, today. Yeah. That's the Jesus yeah. that we need to let approach. That's the Jesus who we want. And then Jesus is, we'll leave the things, we'll just, but Jesus then is baptised. And I just love that it says that he was baptised and then he came out of the water. You know, and I was reading, I thought, why is that there? It doesn't need to be there. It just says Jesus was baptized and then his ministry started and so on. But it specifies the words are there. Jesus came out of the water. I don't believe God wastes his words. And for some of us, it's, I think it just speaks of there is a before and there's an after. And there has to be a specific movement where you are going to come out of where you were into where you're going to be. And for some of you, I think that's really important this morning. You're in a place and a situation that at the minute, in terms of being able to participate and live out your dream, you can't. Because you're here. All right? And I believe it's a prophetic word here that you need to come out of come on. Yeah. where you were yeah. into something new. Because Jesus was and he was, came out of the waters and then moved into his ministry. Yeah. You know, if you're going to participate in the dream, you need to have fellowship with Jesus, but you need to tell him. And you need to come out of where you were into where you're going. Right, I'll ball that one up. If you want that one, catch. Excellent, right. Okay. He came out of the water. That's Jesus. We've got the Jesus who comes. The Jesus who approaches. From source to deliver life. That's something to participate with. Jesus, who's going to come and he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. And again, some of you know that that's something you need. There's some stuff I don't want, but I'm going to let it be dealt with. And I'm going to push it to one side and I'm just going to take the fruit. Jesus, who's going to immerse you. And that's going to be uncomfortable initially, but it's going to mean blessing and growth. Jesus, who says... Actually, I recognise the gift in you. Because my father put it there. And I'm going to enable you to tap into that. I'm going to empower you to be released in that. So disqualify yourself. Get past your own idea of self-worth. And accept my vision of you. Which is you're amazing. And finally, be willing to come out of where you're at. That place, that situation, that means you aren't fully participating in the dream. Let's be ready to come from that. But let's be willing to come from that. Because you need to come out of it. Because God's got something new for you. You know, we need to partner with Jesus. Monday was Martin Luther King Day. You know, he was a man who partnered with Jesus, wasn't he? Yeah. And from that, he created a community which changed 
the face of the nation. That's what we can do, you know? But we need to participate in the dream. It's, we've got to acknowledge it in this point that's going to be in the future, and when we're there, life's fine. You know, it's about the now. So let's participate in the dream. Let's participate in it, experience it, grow in it, grab a hold of it, love it, fall in it, make mistakes in it, stand back up in it, dust ourselves down in it, and decide we're going to move on. Because actually, all of that's important for where we're going to be. Yeah? yeah? There's a dream that we can have, do you know what I mean? But it's not for the future, it's for now. Yeah? yeah? It's just if you want it. 